0: Welcome to the R Strong Podcast. It's been a little bit since I've had an episode out and apologize for that. But here we are, we're back and it's been a little bit of a crazy week. Uh, baby girl's got congestion, won't let you put her down for more than five seconds, uh, which has <laughs> made getting extra work done around the house uh, a little bit more difficult, which is, which is fine. Uh, she's starting to get better, which is good. Uh, but here we are, we're back for another episode. And today is going to be the last installment of our foundational movement series, if you want to call it that, I guess. So we've done the squat, we've done the hinge, we've talked push, we've talked pull. And the last one we're going to talk is, uh, there could be a million different names for it. We can call it core, we can call it uh, trunk, we could call it pillar, we could call it, some people just name an exercise to it, like plank or a carry it's essentially uh, core work uh, and trunk work and what that looks like and the purpose of what this training should do for you. And there's a lot of myths, a lot of bad training information out there in my opinion about core training. And we're going to dive into that. So it is freezing cold outside. I'm in my office at work and it's probably about 35 degrees in the office itself. I think it was negative two as I came into the, uh, um came into the office today, so just trying to warm up here, I'm trying to warm up my hands as we get this thing going, but here we go. So core training. When I say that, what do people think? Um they think crunches, they think you know, bicycle kicks, they think all these med ball work and stuff like that. And it's not that those things don't have a place, but I think it's surrounded by the larger myth that core training is what gives you a six pack. So I guess I wasn't really planning on getting this to later in the show. But let's address this right now. You do not get a six-pack from doing a million crunches a day. There's no, I think that's, people are trying to, what you call like spot burn fat, where like say I have fat on my abs, I'm trying to get rid of it. Well, I'm going to do a million crunches to get rid of that fat. That's not how it works. That's not how your body works. So you are, when you do those, maybe strengthening those muscles, possibly making them bigger depending on how you're doing them just like, you know, a bicep curl makes your biceps bigger, but it's not going to remove the fat surrounding it, okay? So, you know, there's a saying that six-pack abs come from the kitchen. The best exercise for six-pack abs is table pushaways. Push away from the table, stop eating so much crap food. <laughs> so um, let's get that myth straight out of the way, or out of the way, straight out of the way. And let's talk about what the core is actually for there. Uh, yes, core looks good, right? Like you want to be lean, you want to have the six-pack abs, but it has a much bigger purpose than that. Extremely important for posture, and from an athletic performance standpoint, it transfers force. So from the ground up through your legs, through your core, through the extremities to exhibit that force or that um, Power, for example, think about like a baseball player, like he pushes off the ground, a pitcher pushes off the ground, and that force has to translate through his hips, which is a main part of the core, out through his tr- out through his shoulder, through his fingers to throw the ball. When we see a lot of injuries, I-, I think about like an offensive lineman in football, a lot of times when they get in improper positions, it's because they leak energy through their core through their trunk, through their hips. They can't, which puts them in bad positions, which leads to a lot of shoulder injuries, stuff like that. So the main purpose of the core itself is to stabilize. It's the stabilize movement to allow movement to happen. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Uh, and, to, and to produce and transfer force. So you should train the core that way, in my opinion. So it's not that, crunches and just think of the ab workouts you see whatever it's not that those do not have a purpose they do but they shouldn't be the sole purpose they shouldn't have the bulk of your core training and uh, we can break this down into a lot of different I guess sub categories of stabilization of the core into rotation anti-rotation flexion anti like all these things but I'm not going to get that super complicated with it And let's just talk about just some basic exercises and how they benefit in your programming and how you should execute them. So I think the number one, maybe next to the push-up, one of the most popular exercises out there is the plank, right? But people execute the plank wrong, in my opinion, a lot of people. No one cares that you can hold a a two-minute plank. (laughs) I shouldn't say no one cares. That's fine. If you can hold a two-minute plank, you're strong. That's fine. Uh, That's good. Uh, But don't go over two minutes. There's no purpose for that. Um, I I would prefer to execute the plank in a a different way. Well, let's talk about the setup on the plank to start with. Uh, A common thing we see or hear about planks is how planks hurt my back. Well, someone who says that, I'd bet my house that when they do a plank, they have that low back sunk in. They're not really engaging the musculature around their hips and their pelvic, uh, pelvic floor and that diaphragm that they're not really contracting their core like they should be. They're just hanging out in a plank position where their hips are sunk down or maybe their hips are way high up in the air. And those are common mistakes we see. We also see a common mistake in the upper back as well where they just kind of like sink into their shoulder blades where they are, their shoulder blades are like look like wings. Like they got their shoulder blades are sticking up. They're just kind of sunk into their elbows. So a good performed plank is – Starting at the neck. It's a neutral neck, you know, kind of our eyes forward. It's not chin tucked to the ground or way up in the air. Chin tucked to the ground is the one we see the most. And then moving through, we're reaching through the elbows. So if I'm on my forearms, I'm reaching through the elbows, and my shoulder blades are almost rounded, or my upper back's almost rounded through my shoulder blades, have moved around my rib cage a little bit, and that's going to activate uh, a muscle in our armpits called serratus anterior. Instead of just kind of sh- you know, sh- shrunk, into my, uh, shrunk into my elbows, not really activating my upper body. So there's that. And then moving down, it should be a straight line from my shoulders through my hips, knees down to the toe. But we'll see a lot as we get down to the hips is our hips are sunken down either to the floor or if our pelvis is sitting in what we call anterior pelvic tilt where if I stood up, I had that duck butt where my pelvis is kind of tilted towards the floor I've got like a Daffy Duck type butt look going, um, which puts your pelvis just in a weird place, which can cause look back pain. So we want to make sure we have a neutral pelvis. You almost almost want to, if you, if you feel like you have that issue, we almost want to pull, think about you're pulling your belly button in, which a lot of times will kind of flatten your pelvic uh, pelvis out. And we don't want our hips high. So our hips shouldn't be, we shouldn't look like a, a V, you know, or inward V. In the air it should be a straight line um, clear down to our knees and our ankles okay so the common areas of fall in the plank are just in the setup wise are in the hips and the upper back now let's talk about how you execute that so a plank doesn't do much good if you just sit there and you're just, you're just sitting in a plank position and i want you to strategically or intentionally do a couple things while you're in a plank which makes it 10 times harder so i already mentioned the one up top, I want you to reach reach through the elbows. Try to get your body away from the floor as far as you can through your elbows, which will cause your upper back to round. Okay, that's going to activate a lot of really good muscles in our upper back. Now, so I'm reaching vertically through my elbows, but I also want to pull my elbows towards my toes. When I say that, your elbows aren't going to actually move. Okay, so your elbows are still in place but they're going to move towards my toes sorry they're in place they're not going to move towards my toes i'm i'm pulling them towards my toes and what you'll notice with that is your what we call your anterior core the front side of your body will immediately start firing up will will activate all those muscles on the front side of your body okay so i'm reaching the elbows i'm pulling it towards my toes okay and then moving down to my hips my glutes are tight my hips are level And then down to my toes. Now I want to pull my toes towards my elbows. So I've got this elbows to toes, toes to elbow, activating the front side of my body. That's how you really hold a really good, strong plank position. Okay. All right. So how to, I guess, uh, program planks. Now, there's nothing wrong with holding a plank for 60 seconds, two minutes, whatever. Uh, That's fine. But uh, an exercise that I, I really like to do is I call it max effort planks. So for, we do doing like intervals, 10 second intervals. So like three reps a set. So we'll do 10 seconds where max effort. That means I'm doing everything I just told you. I'm pulling elbows to toes, toes to elbows, but I'm also squeezing my hands tight, my toes tight. My eye, like I'm trying to flex, squeezing my biceps, flex every single muscle in my body as hard as I can for 10 seconds. Do that for 10 seconds. Your body should be shaking. And then release for 10 seconds. Just relax. And then boom, 10 seconds on again, as hard as you can, relax. And then do one more, okay? Do like maybe two to three sets of three reps, each rep being a 10 second max upper squeeze. If you're not doing those, mix those into your programming instead of just hanging out with your planks. And then from just your normal plank, then, okay, so that's stabilization, right? It's just learning how to stabilize your core, you're contracting your muscles without actually moving your muscles. That's isometric. That's an important part of our training. I guess moving on from planks, then, is what we call the I call the McGill Three. So, Dr. Stuart McGill is like the um, guru on back health and back training. And the core is extremely important. Have a very strong core, trunk. Um, musculature is extremely important for eliminating or minimizing low back pain. So, one issue with this is because everybody does crunches 24/7 trying to get the six pack. You're only training your core's m- many more muscles than just those six pack abs on the front side of your body. It runs much deeper than that towards your spine, but also you got your obliques on the side, your erectors on the back side of your body. We have to take a 360 approach to our core training. So, Three more exercises that I suggest doing is what we call a McGill Curl-Up. So we're literally just going to lay on our back, put one leg out straight, one leg up, like at a, at an, like one, I guess your butt, your heel will be up towards your butt, so one leg straight. I'm going to put my, my hand on my low back, underneath my low back of the straight leg side, and all I'm going to do if I'm laying straight on the floor is just fire that low back into that hand as I raise my shoulders about maybe six inches to the ceiling and just hold it for like 10 seconds. Again, trying to fire and that front side of my body should be shaking. It should light you up. That's going to encourage posterior pelvic tilt, kind of improve the duck butt situation we've already talked about, and really fire that front side of our body, the McGill curl up. Do, I don't know, three to. Six reps, two to three sets of a 10-second hold of that. Great exercise. McGill curl up. Next one, side plank. Okay, so side planks now going to train the obliques, the lateral sides of our body, the outsides, those love handles. Okay? Um, Love handles are the fat that surround your obliques, but that side of our body. So side plank, take everything we talked about with the plank, and now we're going to do it on our side. And the main issue we see with the side plank is I see – our hips shoot back or they're sagged down. So again, if I'm up on that side elbow, I'm not going to walk you through the whole side plank. I think most people know what it is. It should be a straight line from my shoulders down through my hips, knees, to toes. My hips shouldn't be back behind my shoulders and knees. That's the common mistake we see with the side plank. Glutes are tight, pulling everything together just like a would on the plank. Side plank, mix them in. I love the side plank for low back pain. Really activates those obliques. All right, the next one's rotary stability. So this one, everything we've talked about so far essentially is getting muscles to activate without any movement going on. They're all static, isometric-type exercises. And the rotary stability or bird dog exercise is is what it's also called, probably most commonly bird dog, is starts to introduce movement through a stable core. So all we're going to do is get on all fours. Um, so that position is I'm up on my hands. My hands are right underneath my shoulders and my knees are on the ground, right underneath my hips. And all you're going to do is contralaterally. So I'm going to take my right arm, go straight out and my left leg at the same time will extend straight out. So at that finished position, I am long through my right arm and my left leg extended out as long as I can. And then I'm gonna reset. So at that extended position, I'm going to be as long as I can hold that position for probably four, five, six seconds, and then move back to our start position, like a switch to other side. You can do that for reps, you can do it for a hold, like I just explained. You can add some weight to it, a band to it. But the key to that is is you're moving through the shoulder and the hip through a stable core. The common Mistake we see with this is the low back moves when we do that. The whole point of this is to activate, keep our low back, our hips, our spine neutral. They don't move, but my shoulders and hips are moving. Okay. That's a very common theme that we want to see throughout a lot of our core training is we want to be able to move through our extremities, our legs and arms without our core or low back doing much work. That is a very commonly missed, um, Mistake we see in a lot of core training moves is just we're cranking through that low back all the time and then we're shocked that we have low back pain. Shocker, okay? Your purpose of your low back isn't necessarily to move that much. It's supposed to stabilize so everything else can move, okay? All right. So those are the, that's the McGill three. It's the curl up, it's the bird dog, it's the side plank. But the idea of, that's kind of the next step of core training is is we're strong in our, Stable exercises, the plank. So, you know, any exercise that we're holding it, nothing's moving, but your muscles are shaking. That's a stable isometric exercise. Now we're introducing some movement, so some dynamic stability. That means I'm stable through dynamic activity. So things we do with the plank exercise, instead of being on our elbows, we go what I call like a push-up plank position. People call it different. Uh, so you would call that a pillar or different positions but now we do like shoulder taps. So if I'm on my, imagine a, a top pushup position. Now I'm just gonna touch my right hand to my left shoulder. So now I only got three points of contact. My left hand's on the ground, my two feet. We do those a lot. And again, that's, I'm trying to move through my upper body but my, my hips don't move. Um, it really fire, it makes you fire your glutes, keep your hips stable. The, co- the goal of that is to not let your hips sway side to side as you're moving through your extremities. You can pick up, kick up your legs, You can do all kinds of things um, through that position that we do a lot with our our R-Strong programming. So that would be called, so we got kind of stability, which I talked about the planks, all those type of things, isometric type exercises, dynamic stability, which is essentially just the next step. We're taking those isometric static exercises, now adding a little bit of movement to them, whether it's just kicking up a leg, moving a foot, The rotary stability, nothing too crazy. And then the next step of core training is for strength and power. So this is stuff like carries, um, med ball work, stuff like that. So one of the best exercises for core training is like a farmer carry or any type of carry carry variation. But my favorite is the suitcase carry. When that's – imagine you're carrying your suitcase to the airport. You got your – suitcase in one hand what's that do to the opposite side of your body it really makes that opposite side of your body kind of fire and to keep your body upright so we do with this is we just grab a kettlebell or a dumbbell we hold it in one hand um, and we can do it how heavy a kettlebell or dumbbell depends on how far you want to walk it sometimes we just march in place with it too Uh, but a weight that's challenging for you to maintain your upright posture a neutral shoulders level Shoulders back and down, strong shoulders. We're not drooped forward like we have really bad, you know, we're depressed or something, you know, shoulders back, a proud shoulders is what we call them. But also where we can handle that weight and that weight's not handling us. If it's too heavy, to where that weight is just drooping you down, you can't control it, it's too heavy. Get a lighter one. But we're just going to hold that dumbbell and we're going to walk with it. That's literally all you're doing. We're going to walk with it or we're just going to march in place with it if you don't have room to walk. Um, Great exercise for the obliques, all your musculature of your core, all of it. Um, Sometimes athletes will ask, you know, coach, what's this working or whatever? Why are we doing these for? What muscles are these working? All of them. It's working all your muscles. You got to really stabilize up top. You're moving through your hips through a stable core as long as you're executing it right. But it's simple. Pick it up, maintain your posture, and walk. Carries, you can also do a double arm carry. Which aren't going to challenge your obliques quite as much, uh, but also very good. We do waiter carries, carries where you hold a dumbbell or a plate or something heavy over your head, like you're a waiter, you know, walking through the restaurant with a uh, plate over your head, a big plate with multiple plates on it. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, think of it right now, a tray over your head. Okay, waiter carries as well. But all carries, you're developing strength with adding an exterior load, an external load to a stable position, okay? All right, now we could talk like power, right? So you also want sport is done powerfully. Is that a word, explosively? (laughs) Powerfully, I don't know if that's a word or not, but you get it, okay? So you have to be able to be powerful, produce force through your core as an athlete. So how do we do that or how do we train that? one, we start with all the things we've done. We know how to stabilize our core. We know how to do some dynamic stability. We know how to stabilize our core with just moving our arms. Uh, We can add some load and still be able to maintain a stable core. Well, now we need to do, add some load, but also be able to express that load through a stable core powerfully, explosively, quickly, okay? The best implement for this, in my opinion, is like a med ball a med ball any type of med ball throw where you're like one of my favorites just a simple it's almost like a broad jump like you just gonna jump and throw that med ball as far as you can that is you expressing force through the ground up through your hips out through your extremities as you throw that ball okay that's a great example of a med ball power exercise also just the med ball slam i'm tall at my toes I'm going to snap down through the floor with my arms as I crunch down through my core. That's expressing power through the extremities from your stable core. Medball slams are great. We do medball rotation throws. I mean, the amount of med ball work you can do for core trainings is um, astronomical. That's what I could say about it. But the ones you typically see are just the med ball sit-ups the med ball like russian twist we don't do a whole lot of russian twist that's just a lot of movement through the low back again we talked low back low back isn't necessarily supposed to move that much um it's not the purpose of it so stop training stop doing like russian twists or seated twists if you want to some people call them russian twists. i don't know um stop doing those if your low back hurts okay It, it makes stop it stop doing crunches too um, start doing some of these other core exercises and do them right. The way we're, we're talking about right now. So I think that's a pretty good synopsis. <laughs> I think that's a word too, uh, through this core training, but here's the thing I haven't mentioned, I guess, everything you do is core training. So every exercise we do in the weight room involves your core because you are moving your extremities, hopefully through a neutral spine. Do a stable core. So when you squat, you have to produce power through your legs while your core, your hips don't move. If they do move, that's when injuries happen. One of my favorite exercises is a single-arm bench press or a single-arm press. And we have athletes say, like, coach, nothing fires my core up more than the single-arm bench press. It is great for upper body strength, but you have to really – stabilize your core to stay on the bench or you'll fall off. And that's something we do a lot. We will introduce into our strong training here in the next cycle or two. So like everything we do, deadlift, uh, clean, anything, anything guys that we do in the weight room involves the core. So you don't have to do just direct core training to work your core. Everything you do works your core, but it is good to supplement some more direct core training uh, to kind of, supplement and support your bigger movements uh, especially if you can really highlight some some major weaknesses but stop doing crunches you can do them but it shouldn't be the significant part of your core training stop doing them if you have low back pain stop it quit okay don't listen to instagram you don't have to do crunches to get a six-pack start eating a lot of protein trim down your fat do some good um, strength conditioning work Um, that's how you get a six-pack so as we wrap this up I mean we talked stable core first then we'll do some dynamic stability just by moving our limbs. Then we'll add some load to it by some carries, something like that. Uh, Then we'll be powerful through our core too, where it's an external load that we're moving quickly through a stable core that my friend is performance core training, not just performance, but it's for strength, for health, um, for longevity, for looks, for being a boss, okay. <laughs> All right. As I wrap this up, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. This was the final series of our foundational movement um, series that we're doing on this on this podcast. Um, I'm excited to dive into some other topics as we as we move on and keep highlighting Team Armstrong. We are in the middle of cycle two. Things are rolling. If you want to join us with some smart, effective training for life to get you strong, uh, whether you're an athlete, a former athlete, or even um honestly we're gonna have some people who are up in their fifties, almost sixties, doing it. It's scalable. It's 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 um it's smart effective programming. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here as I uh, look outside and start starting to snow. Um T. strong if you want to join, it is always live, guys. It's always live programming, so you can literally join at any time. You don't have to wait for a certain day or a certain cycle or a certain time of year. It is always live. You can hop on and join. If you're cautious about it, you don't really know if it's for you or not, it's a seven-day free trial, okay? Get on there. I'll help you right out of the gate, figure out what you need, um, and get you on the program with everybody else doing it. And if you don't like it, you can cancel and your life will continue to go on just like it was. So no harm, no foul. So Team r check it out. It's on all the show notes, um, all the links on our social media pages. So, all right, guys, stay warm. Let's get through this next week of frigidly cold weather together. And uh, we will talk to you next time on the r podcast. Until then, stay strong.